Hello there, faithful listener. You've tuned in to season seven of the Bible Explained podcast. So make sure to grab your cup of coffee because today we are going to be discussing the book of Acts. Well, happy new year, faithful listeners. I just cannot believe that it's 2024 already. I'm having the hardest time because 2023, I feel like just started. (laughs) I feel like 2023 flew by and I don't know if I'm the only one thinking that. So let me know how you feel with the new year. Do you think 2023 dragged for you or do you feel like it flew by like I do? Well, it's a new year, but we are not in a new book of the Bible. We are still in the book of Acts. And so today we're going to be reading Acts chapter 17, verses 1 through 15. And you're going to notice that Acts kind of takes a turn. So before Acts chapter 17, it was really going into depth and detail about some of the successes that Paul and the other disciples had. And now we're seeing a change in the book of Acts where we're going to see a lot more struggles and a lot more issues that Paul and the Christians start to have. So I'll be reading this out of the W.E.B. version, as I usually do. For those of you who are new on the podcast, I always read out of the W.E.B., almost always anyway, because it is a public domain version of the Bible. That's right. The Bible is not public domain. Most versions of it are not. So I really like the W.E.B. version of the Bible because it's well done. And the the people who made the W.E.B., they spent all their time creating this version specifically for the free use of anybody who wants to use it. However, you do not have to read out of the W.E.B. Feel free to grab the version of the Bible that you prefer to read out of. And let's read Acts 17, 1 through 15. Now, when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a Jewish synagogue. Paul, as was his custom, went into them and for three Sabbath days reasoned with them from the scriptures, explaining and demonstrating that the Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead, saying, This Jesus, whom I proclaim to you, is the Christ. Some of them were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas of the devout Greeks and great multitude, and not a few of the chief women. But the unpersuaded Jews took along some wicked men from the marketplace and gathering a crowd, set the city in an uproar. Assaulting the house of Jason, they sought to bring them out to the people. When they didn't find them, they dragged Jason and certain brothers before the rulers of the city, crying, These who have turned the world upside down have come here also, whom Jason has received. These all act contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying that there is another king, Jesus. The multitude and the rulers of the city were troubled when they heard these things. When they had taken security from Jason and the rest, they let them go. The brothers immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. And when they arrived, they went into the Jewish synagogue. Now these were more noble than those in Thessalonica, that they received the word with all readiness of mind, examining the scriptures daily to see whether these things were so. Many of them therefore believed, also of the prominent Greek women, and not a few men. But when the Jews of Thessalonica had knowledge that the word of God was proclaimed by Paul at Berea also, they came there likewise, agitating the multitudes. Then the brothers immediately sent out Paul to go as far as to the sea, and Silas and Timothy still stayed there. But those who escorted Paul brought him as far as Athens. Receiving a commandment to Silas and to Timothy that they should come to him very quickly, they departed. 
So Acts 17 happens directly after the story that we talked about in Acts chapter 16, where Paul and Silas were imprisoned just because they looked like Jews and because Paul had actually cast a demon out of a servant girl. And the masters of that servant girl actually got really angry because the servant girl with the power of the demon was able to, in some way, predict the future. And the master of that servant girl was actually making a lot of money because of her. So Paul ended up casting the demon out of that servant girl and making her masters lose a lot of money. So the masters grabbed Paul and Silas specifically because they looked like Jews as compared to uh, the other people that Paul and Silas were traveling with who didn't look so Jewish. And they threw Paul and Silas into prison. But what was really funny about that was that Paul and Silas actually were Roman citizens, even though they looked like Jewish people, they were actually Roman citizens. And it was illegal to accuse a Roman citizen of anything before a court session. And it was also illegal to whip and abuse a Roman citizen, which is what they actually did to Paul and Silas before they threw them into prison. So it was found out that they were Roman citizens. And then basically the politicians of that city came and begged Paul and Silas to forgive them and to leave. Because if Paul and Silas chose not to forgive them, then those politicians could actually be in a whole lot of trouble with the the Roman uh, government. But Paul and Silas, they don't leave immediately. They go back to Lydia's house after the whole fiasco with the prison. And uh, they stay there for some amount of time. We don't know how long. But then finally, they do end up leaving that area. So now we are in Acts chapter 17 and Paul and Silas and the team went through this city called Amphipolis and then also another city called Apollonia, Apollonia, I think. And then they came to Thessalonica. And that is where Paul and Silas currently are. They are in Greece trying to spread the word of God. So in Thessalonica, there was actually a Jewish synagogue. And as we saw from some of the other cities that Paul and Silas went to, there wasn't a Jewish synagogue because there weren't a lot of Jews in the area. And so the Jews would sometimes have to like meet by a riverside or in a common location instead of a synagogue because there might not be enough Jews to actually build a synagogue in that city. But in Thessalonica, there was enough Jews to build a synagogue. So it says, as it was the custom of Paul, he went every single Sabbath to the synagogue to share the message of the gospel to the Jews who were in that synagogue and also to the Gentiles as well, because we do know that Gentiles were allowed in some areas of the synagogue and were allowed to worship there if they wanted to. And there were some Gentiles who were God fearing individuals who never actually converted to Judaism. So Paul would go to the synagogues because it was a good meeting place. It was a place where people wanted to learn about God and he would share the gospel to everybody who was in the synagogue. And so Paul did this for three weeks. It says for three Sabbath days, he reasoned with them from the scriptures. So every Sabbath was on a Saturday. And if Paul went to the synagogue for three Sabbath days, that means he went three times three different weeks, if that makes sense. And he was probably going back into the prophets and explaining how Jesus was in fact the Messiah and how Jesus, you know, fulfilled all of these prophecies because Jesus did fulfill so many prophecies and the prophecies that are left are yet to be fulfilled. But the ones about the Messiah coming to earth the first time were fulfilled. Every single one of them 
was fulfilled by Jesus. And so Paul is explaining this. He's saying, you know, the Messiah had to die. He had to suffer. He had to rise again on the third day. And the only person that fits the definition of Messiah is Jesus Christ, because Jesus did all these things. And so he says in verse three, he explained to them that the Christ had to suffer. He says, this Jesus whom I proclaim to you is the Christ. And so it says in verse four that some of them were persuaded. In fact, many of them were persuaded and they joined Paul and Silas. So they were interested in what Paul and Silas had to say about this. They believed the message of Paul and Silas and they joined basically the Christian church. And so it says there were devout Greeks of a great multitude who joined Paul and Silas and not a few of the chief women is what it says. So that means a lot, (laughs) not a few means a lot. So a lot of the chief women ended up joining Paul and Silas as well. And this would be huge, right? Because the chief women had some influence. So these could be women who were very rich We know that, um, for example, Lydia, who we talked about in Acts chapter 16, she was a chief woman, right? Because she owned a purple dye making company (laughs) and she was a philanthropist. And it was it was a very good thing when Lydia became a Christ follower, because you never know the influence Lydia had being a chief woman in spreading the gospel even further. So Luke here, the, the author of Acts, mentions that many chief women in this city of Thessalonica became Christians. And this is a very, very good thing. It's good when anybody obviously becomes a Christian because anybody can, you know, spread the gospel. It is the job of every single Christian to be an evangelist, right? To spread the gospel. But it is very exciting. I think for every Christian, when somebody famous becomes a Christian, for example, like Kat Von D, right? She became a, a, born again Christian recently. And that's always very exciting for any Christian. I think when somebody prominent becomes a Christian because they have a wide spread of influence. But anyway, Luke is mentioning all these people who became Christians, including the chief women. However, there were some problems because Thessalonica, as we know, had a Jewish community. And there were some jealous and unpersuaded Jews who did not like the message of Paul and Silas, is what it says. So depending on the version you read, verse 5 might say something like, they were jealous, they were envious. The WEB does not mention that, but it says they were unpersuaded. So these jealous and unpersuaded Jews took some wicked men, is what it says, some wicked men from the marketplace. I don't know exactly what that means. They could have been like thugs that they just found in the marketplace. But these Jews find these men who are not devout to bring them to make a case against Paul and Silas and against Christianity in general. And this is a pretty common thing that we see happening, right? When, for example, Jesus was being crucified the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered together all these wicked, evil men to bring a testimony against Jesus, basically to lie about him. And then it happened again with Stephen, the first Christian martyr. I can't remember exactly what chapter of Acts that was, but when Stephen was making a case for Christianity with the Jewish elders in Jerusalem, 
they did the same thing. They brought together all these, you know, false witnesses to make a case against Stephen. And then Stephen ended up becoming the first Christian martyr mentioned in the book of Acts. So the same exact thing happens here. The Jewish men in Thessalonica are very angry over the spread of Christianity because now the glory is getting taken away from them. They have selfish ambition. And there's a verse in the book of James where James mentions that anytime selfish ambition is present, there are evils of all kinds. Because when a person is trying to get ahead and trying to get glory, they will plow over any single person that they can possibly plow over in order to achieve their goals. So that's why selfish ambition in scripture is looked at as a sin because it leads to all sorts of nasty things and you mistreat people and it's, it's not a good thing. So these Jewish men here in Thessalonica, once again, had selfish ambition. They wanted themselves to have the glory. So what happens is they drag this man named Jason and other certain brothers before the rulers of the city. So these evil Jewish men, along with these thugs that they hire, grab out this man named Jason and a bunch of other unnamed disciples. And they bring them before the mayor of the city of Thessalonica. They accuse them of all sorts of stuff. They're like, they've turned the world upside down and, you know, they're doing this and they're doing that. And they're coming here to spread the message of this king named Jesus, who is not Caesar. And we're supposed to be worshiping Caesar, which is very interesting because the Jewish people hated Caesar and hated the Romans. And yet this is always the argument they go back to whenever they are criticizing Christianity. They're always like, well, this Jesus, he's not Caesar. We're supposed to be following Caesar, not Jesus, even though they hated Caesar and barely followed him to begin with. So <laughs> so they they make the same claim once again. You know, we're supposed to be following Caesar and the politicians of the city of Thessalonica, who are most likely Greeks and most likely not Jewish men are like, "Uh oh, you know, this isn't a good thing. We are supposed to be following Caesar. We don't want to get in trouble with Rome. So the politicians are like, OK, we accept this case. And then they forced the man, Jason, who is mentioned here to pay this big fine. OK, and so Jason pays it because most likely Jason was a rich man and he could have also been a cousin or a a relative of Paul as well, because he's mentioned once again in Romans chapter 16, where Paul actually calls him a kinsman. So this means that either Jason was related to Paul in some way or he was a fellow countryman or possibly just a Jew like Paul was as well. Well, Jason pays the fine. And as soon as that happens, the church that Paul and Silas built for the past three weeks in Thessalonica, they ship Paul and Silas off to a different city because they didn't want uh, Paul and Silas to disrupt them anymore. And so Paul and Silas do gladly go, possibly because of, you know, this huge fine that Jason had to pay and it just wasn't time for them to be in Thessalonica anymore. So they go instead to this area called Berea. And when they arrived, they went into the Jewish synagogue. So there you go. Berea once again has another Jewish synagogue. So there was a significant Jewish population in Berea as well. However, it mentions that the people in Berea were actually very different than the people in Thessalonica because 
the Bereans were very, very interested in what Paul and Silas had to say about Jesus to the point where they were actually combing through the scriptures to make sure that what Paul and Silas had to say lined up with the scriptures. And this is what every single Christian is supposed to do. And so that's why I always tell you guys, grab your Bible, okay, in the version that you prefer, because I don't want you to just take my words for it, because I'm a human being and I make mistakes and my own opinions come out sometimes. And so I would love for you all to comb through the scriptures and actually read what is going on and what we're talking about for the day and line up with what you're reading in the scripture with what I am saying. Don't just take my word for it. Always make sure everything you're listening to and reading lines up with what scripture has to say. Always. And so that's what the Bereans did. They didn't just listen to Paul and be like, yeah, you know, that makes sense. We're going to follow that teaching. They went back and combed through the scriptures. And I think that's where a lot of people make a mistake. They listen to a pastor somewhere or a speaker. And just because the speaker is very charming or very, you know, charismatic or something like that, they follow the teaching of that pastor or that leader. And it ends up being something really bad along the way. The best example I can give is Jim Jones, you know, the guy that mass murdered like close to a thousand people down in South America, I believe it was. He had a cult, right? And he started out as a very charismatic and very charming man that a lot of people would just flock to. But in the end, you know, he started getting more and more crazy. And, and he started actually saying that he himself was God. Even though he was a pastor, he was like, no, I'm actually God. And people, because they were trusting in him and and had followed him for so long, weren't listening to what he was saying and lining it up with what the Bible actually said. And unfortunately, that happens a lot. And there's a lot of very, very bad churches out there where the pastor gains a lot of followers just because of how charismatic or charming he is. So always examine everything with the scriptures. And you have to say something, you know, about the leaders in Berea. The leaders in Thessalonica, you know, the the Jewish leaders didn't care about the people. All they cared about was their own glory. But the leaders in Berea taught their people to comb through the scriptures so that when Paul and Silas started preaching the message of Jesus, the people's first instinct was to read the Bible. That's amazing. That's, that shows the difference between a good leader and a terrible leader, right? So they're combing through the scriptures and many of them in verse 12 believed, and also the prominence Greek women, once again, and not a few men, so many men, <laughs> many men believed in the words of Paul and Silas. However, once again, the Jews from Thessalonica knew where Paul and Silas went So they go up to Berea to cause trouble for Paul and Silas. They stirred up the multitudes. They agitated everybody. And so immediately the brothers, the church that was started in Berea, sent Paul specifically to go somewhere else to preach the gospel. However, it says that Silas and Timothy stayed in Berea because there was still work to be done. And since Paul was like the main speaker, it seems like, he would have been more in the public eye. And so it was wise of the church in Berea to send Paul out 
instead of Silas and Timothy, because Paul, once again, more in the public eye. But there was still work that needed to be done in Berea that Silas and Timothy were willing to do. So it says that Paul ends up going to Athens and Silas and Timothy were instructed once Paul got to Athens to come up to Athens and meet Paul there because there was a lot of work that needed to be done in Athens as well. And we are going to get into that on Thursday. So I hope you loved this episode. I hope you loved the first episode of 2024 here on the podcast. But um, guys, I will see you all on Thursday. And also, if you don't know, on Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays, I do an Old Testament episode. So I'd love for you all, if this is the first time you're tuning in, to also tune in on Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays for the Old Testament episodes. And right now we're in the book of First Samuel talking about the life of Samuel. So we will get into that tomorrow. If you love this podcast and you would like to support it, then go over to the shop, which is linked in the description of this episode and either make a donation or purchase something for yourself. I've got brand new merch in the shop. I've got these awesome, really cozy and warm hats with Psalm 40 verse two on it. And then I also have the Yahweh tees and those tees are fantastic. They are super cozy. They look cool. They're both for men and women. And then also they have Yahweh's name in both English and Hebrew on them. So really cool design. Check those out. All of that linked in the description of this episode. But friends, I will see you tomorrow, 6 a.m. or whenever you choose to wake up. Happy listening and God bless.